Hey friends, welcome to a Monday episode of the Stephanie Gash Show. Today I am interviewing my prior student and now dear friend Robin Graham, all on anxiety management tools for Christian entrepreneurs and your kids. You guys are going to love this. She gives a ton of tactical advice that you can implement right away if you are struggling with anxiety and you just really want to get that under control. I I know you're going to love today's conversation. Do you want to get clear on your calling so you can start an online business? Do you find yourself looking up how to work from home, how to start a business, or ways to get more clients? (laughs) Hey friend, welcome to the Stephanie Gass Show. You know God has a plan for you, yet you can't seem to get clarity on what it is. So you stay stuck, do nothing, or start random side hustles to make quick money. Wait for it. Clarity is calling. Hey, I'm Steph, daughter of the king, wife, boy mom, and PJ all day enthusiast. After building success the world's way, I was still lost. I finally surrendered and God showed me how to build a business his way. Spoiler, your dreams pale in comparison to God's dreams for you. Imagine getting clear on your God-led calling, learning the steps to starting a sustainable online business, launching a podcast, and monetizing using coaching or courses so that you can make impact and income. And maybe you're doing it all braless and flawless. (laughs) This is the podcast for you. Pop that LaCroix, fill up your iced coffee, or grab your kombucha. Actually, you're probably going to need all three. It's time to grow, girl. I pray this blesses you. Let's get it. Are you ready to start your very own podcast? Are you ready to use podcasting to grow a thriving, incredible, organic audience all from behind a mic? Hey, welcome to the Stephanie Gaskell. I have an answer and a solution for you, no matter where you are in the process. What the heck would my business be? And I don't know if I'm even called to to do something in the world, whether it be ministry or whether it become an actual online business, you're going to start with course one, clarify your calling, which is going to give you a five-tier brand map, a business outline, so you can go start that online business partnered with God within 30 days. Or I know what I'm called to do, but I just am sick of trying to grow this thing on social media. I want to grow using podcasting. I want to make money straight from a podcast. I want to do this the easy way. You're going to head to Podcast Pro University, which is my course that teaches you how to start and launch a successful podcast. Or number three, I have a podcast, but I really want to go big. I want to monetize the show. I want to make money. I want to learn how to coach, start a course, set up all the back office stuff, learn SEO, keywords, marketing, organic visibility. You're going to head to Podcast to Profit. All the details, all the testimonies, and all the links can be found at stephaniegass.com slash courses. Hello, Robin Graham. Welcome to the podcast, sister friend. Hi, Steph. It is so awesome to be here. I'm so excited and I'm I'm just so grateful. You know, you put so much positive light in the world by sharing your faith and sharing your wisdom. And I was a former student of yours years ago. And a lot of the things that you said, you influenced me in so many positive ways. So I thank you for letting me be here and share your platform with you and, and talk to your listeners. But also I thank you for everything you're doing to make the world a better, happier place. Oh, thank you, Robin. I know you guys, this is a full circle moment because Robin and I we coached together years ago. You've gone through my stuff and now you're literally living it out and you've gone 
in so many incredible places that God has taken you. And one of those really fun things I've watched you do that I hope to do one day is publish a book, which is what I brought you on to talk about today, because this topic is, I mean, it's real for me. And I have an eight and a half year old and a five and a half year old Robin, like it ain't even gotten started up in here, but I am, I just told my husband the other day, I'm like, I feel like I am swirling in fears around my kids growing and going through that. We've only gone through like one major thing so far. And I'm like, I'm terrified. And he's like, you're living in fear about all this stuff that could happen. You need to be present with it. And so I thought it's so relevant, not only for me, but like, what about everybody that has preteens and teenagers and adult children and then anxiety themselves. So I was like, come on, Robin, we're going to have this rip off the bandaid conversation today around taking action over anxiety, how to help our kids through anxiety, how to help ourselves. So just thanks for coming and having this conversation with us. Awesome. 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 Let's dive in. All right. So tell us a little bit about your book and I want to know why did you write it? You know, why did you write a book about anxiety? You were a photographer, business coach, like what led you here? Oh my gosh. So I have had a lifelong journey with anxiety from the time I was six years old. I was the child that carpool would come to pick me up and I'm sitting on the front porch. My mom could not peel me off of it. And I'm crying. I didn't want to go to school because my stomach hurt. And this went on for years and years and years. Um, fast forward. I, I got into college, uh, went to pharmacy school and I was working on my doctorate degree and my anxiety, anxiety levels were so incredibly high that I couldn't function it got to the point where I didn't want to be here anymore. And there's so much in uh, so many parts of my journey that were so dramatic, like an eating disorder, um, really wanting to end my life. And all of that is in the book. And we won't take all of this time um, on the show to go into that, but I experienced all of these things. So when my child, my oldest son at the age of 12 in sixth grade started showing significant signs and symptoms of anxiety, I had to step away from my corporate career. My husband and I were like two ships passing in the night. We were traveling. We had no family here for support system. Our nanny became ill. It was just a, this snowball of effect, right? And when he started showing his anxiety and he's doing travel sports, doing exceptionally well in school, my middle one was playing travel sports. And then my baby girl was three. It was mayhem. And so when I started to see these symptoms that he had, I thought to myself, oh my gosh, he's me. I cannot let him live the way I have lived. So we got him help. And it was amazing how during his journey, and I survived by the grace of God, you know, my grandmother prayed for me all the time. My mother prayed for me all the time. My father prayed for me all the time. And I swear that it is simply by the grace of God that I'm still here today. And I'm so healthy, but that was the first time in my life that I really got the help that I needed. And I did that alongside my, my child. And through that process, I witnessed a lot of other children going through a lot of things and parents started to ask me questions. Well, okay. Your boys seem so amazing when they were in high school and now they're in college. My child is having trouble with this. He's having trouble with that. And what, I don't know what to do about it. And I was able to use my experiences and help them get the help they needed for their child, which transformed their child's life and what it could have been the same thing that I gave my child, my own child, that gift. So as I was, as I was raising my kids and getting to know more and more parents and especially parents of girls, more and more kids have anxiety than anybody can even guess. And the incidence of 
suicide has skyrocketed. The amount of children that are using drugs and resorting to bad behaviors because of anxiety is escalating. And I thought, you know what? I've had this journey. It wasn't pretty, but I need to tell my story so that I can hopefully help other people. And honest to goodness stuff, as I was writing this book, the Holy Spirit took over because I go back and I look at the book and I'm like, I wrote that. I like literally, I, I am a good writer. I I love to write, but I didn't know I had this in me and the book is faith-based. And so I feel like he was just really calling me to say, listen, there's so much more to life than letting all of these pressures squash you down. And so I'm on a mission now to just increase that awareness of anxiety and help parents raise their children who have anxiety in a a more pleasant way. (laughs) And then kind of give the tools and the tips that my parents didn't have when raising me that hopefully, you know, if you haven't experienced anxiety as an adult, you don't understand what your child's going through. Or if you have experienced anxiety, but you haven't had the help that you need, the book will help both of those scenarios in an immense way. Uh, It's funny. I was that same kid, Robin. I mean, to the point of like, they put me in therapy. They're like, what's wrong with her? Like I had debilitating anxiety as a child um, every day, all the time. And a lot of it, I had a lot of spiritual warfare going on as a child. So that perpetuated it. But then also I had social anxiety. I was just like all the things probably similar to you. And, um, mm-hmm. there were just no reason. There was no, a, they didn't partner faith with my anxiety, you know, and a lot mm-hmm. of parents re- think like, oh, it's either simply a physical thing that they're going through, or it's only a, a mental thing they're going through, or, whatever it is, or it's only a spiritual thing, but it's really a culmination of all these things. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and now that I've experienced that, oh my gosh, I am for your mission because no child, no child should have to suffer with this. And, and us as adults, you know, there's a difference. And I know in your book, you talk about the difference between worry, nervousness, and anxiety. Can we go through that real quick and just kind of clarify those three levels? Yeah, absolutely. So when we talk about anxiety, we're talking about the, like, it's almost an unrational um, level of apprehension or fear around a situation, um, a thing to do, or another person. It's preventative. Person just feels completely locked down and really can't do the things that their peers are doing. Um, For a teen, it could be engaging socially. It could be taking tests. It could be speaking for an adult. It could be going to a networking event. It could be going to a dinner party. It could be, um, even parenting their child effectively. And then you, when we talk about worrying, worrying is more of something that you have a choice over. You can sit and worry about something and take the joy out of today, but it's not going to prevent something from happening tomorrow. But worry is one of those things that it's just this influx of negative thoughts that you let your mind spin into, but you have a choice. You could actually stop that if you took the right action. Whereas nervousness is similar to anxiety. You may have something coming up that you are nervous about, but once that thing or that interaction or whatever has ceased, it's over, it's past, you feel better. You're, you're happy it's over and you can move forward with anxiety. That's not the case. You may have a speaking engagement and after you're speaking, 
your head, your mind is saying, well, what if they didn't like me? What if my outfit was ugly? What if they didn't like my outfit? Well, what if nobody calls me and asks me to come and speak again? You know, and it just goes into this negative what if cycle over and over and over again. And this can go on for days. Um, and then you may even get feedback and it could be positive, but because of negativity bias, your, your brain is two-thirds two more likely to hold on to negative things or look for negative things. So if somebody told you they weren't crazy about your outfit yesterday, but I told you today you're pretty, you're going to still think about that negative comment about your outfit. And so those are, the, those are the key differences is that anxiety, most of the time it's a team effort to overcome. You need a partner, you need a therapist, you need support to navigate it. Whereas worry is more of a choice and nervousness is something that we all experience. It's that just innate fight or flight mechanism in our brain that once that thing is over, we can go about our business in a happy relief sort of way. I think, I guess when I hear these three differentiations, I feel like once you can clarify which one you're actually feeling, like to take a moment and look at that emotion and say, am I worrying right now? Am I nervous right now? Or is this truly anxiety and break? Cause I, I've kind of lumped them all into one, but hearing you explain it, I realize like, man, I'm just incessantly worrying about things. I have no idea that are going to happen with my boys. And like, that is absolutely controllable. There's actually nothing that I need to be. This is just creating this inner dialogue in my mind. Mm -hmm. And then I can see that turning into then anxiety because now you're creating this wheel of negativity Mm -hmm. and that two thirds more likely to hold on to negative things that are said to you. Like, it's so funny you bring that up. I, I distinctly remember, I told my husband the other day, I'm like in sixth grade, I thought I was so cute. I had a black leather skirt on and a black vest and a pink velvet shirt. I had black knee highs and Mary Janes. And I thought I did such a good job, Robin. I was like, I am so trendy. I'm going to get in with the popular girls. And one of the popular girls was on the bus with me and we had kind of become, she was nice to me. And I thought, oh man, I'm going to work so hard to be accepted. So I went into her in homeroom and I said, hi, I remember her looking me up and down and she laughed and she said, what? are you wearing? It never left me. And guess what that did for me? Like that one negative thing that was spoken to me, which just speaks so much about like, that's the worst of what we went through in middle school. Now people post crud about you on social media. Did you see what Mm -hmm. Stephanie Gass was wearing today? Right. And then that's like crushing for a kid and talk about creating these, these inner dialogues, but it never left me. And then it changed my behavior. It made me aware of what other people were wearing. It really affected me in such a deep way. And so I can see where these negative things that we hold on to, they create that worry, that anxiety. So what do you do once you know that you're either worrying incessantly or you're nervous or it is anxiety? Let's, let's speak first to you as a part, like what if you're doing that? And then I want you to talk to us about if your kid is doing that. Okay. So the first thing I want to say is that with anxiety, there are often physical signs and symptoms as well. And this is really important to note, because if you are noticing changes in behavior of your children, that it could be that it's anxiety. So for me, I always presented with a stomach ache. And to this day, if I have something big going on, it is a very distinct stomach pain. I know exactly what it is. And I have to stop And I have to think, okay, why am I feeling this right now? 
What interactions have I had with people? What experiences have I had? What do I have coming up in the near future that I could be anxious about? So it's, it's recognizing what those signs and symptoms may be, whether it's yourself or your child. Sometimes it's a lack of ability to sleep. Sometimes it's immense irritability or bursts of anger. Sometimes it is changing eating patterns. A lot of times children with anxiety will either not eat or they will go to food as a crutch. Um, same with adults. So it's very important to monitor if any of those things have changed. Um, if you're nervous or, or you may feel like shaky or jittery, but when you're, when you're anxious, you can actually have trouble breathing. You can, your heart can race um, incessantly. So those are some of those physical signs and symptoms. And if you can recognize that this is happening and what the pattern is, then you're going to be able to identify the triggers. And it's really important to identify those triggers for anxiety so that you can take action to address. So I like to use the example if there, if there's something coming up and you're feeling all of these things and you identify what that is, create a game plan, create a strategy in advance. So it, say it's a networking event that you're going to, or maybe your child has a test coming up. How can you plan for this event that is coming up and have a strategy in place? So let's use the networking example because it's easy. So, you know, you have to go to this. You're worried about going by yourself because you are worried you don't know anybody or you're anxious that you're not going to know anybody. Who are you going to talk to? You're anxious about what to wear because you've never been to this organization before and you don't know what to wear. Or maybe it's that small talk just sends you into a spiral. So what you can do is, is go on to Google, right? We have Google, we have access to these things. And Google, what do I wear to a networking or event? And you're gonna find options. If you're worried about going alone, then you can have any of your friends, family members, spouse, someone go with you and accompany you. Chances are someone would support you in that way and go, or you can contact the person that is hosting it and see who's going to be here, who is the audience, and will I know anyone? And then thirdly, if you are really feeling like small talk is going to throw you into a downward spiral, create three things that you can have a conversation with someone about. And you can ask the questions and then start the conversation there so that you have control of that conversation and it negates that possibility of somebody asking you something that you're not comfortable with. That could still happen, but at least you're prepared to start those conversations and kind of own the platform yourself. And the other thing is, if that is something that you're concerned with, give yourself the grace of an exit strategy. Just say, okay, I'm gonna go, but I'm only gonna stay 30 minutes if I'm not feeling comfortable. Chances are you get there and you're going to enjoy it. So it's not an issue, but you've given yourself that grace that you've got an exit strategy. So it takes some of that pressure away. Now, when, if you are a parent, I'm going to tell you the one thing that you do not want to do. If your child is experiencing a change in behavior, as you're noticing these, these things or, or maybe triggers, do not say, get over it. Just stop it. Yes, you can do this. Those phrases don't work for someone with anxiety, even if it is your spouse who has anxiety saying just get over it completely discounts what they're going through inside. So they're already feeling ashamed of who they are and their lack of ability to do the things that their peers are doing, or they're embarrassed because of their behaviors, or they're ashamed because of anger outbursts. So you cannot say just get over it. It doesn't work. 
it takes a team and it takes communication. And a lot of times it takes trust to be able for someone to be able to be vulnerable enough to say, this is what I'm experiencing. I don't like how I'm being. I really do want to do the things my peers are doing, but I can't do it alone. And sometimes for a teen, they can't do that on their own. They can't verbalize that because they don't understand the mind, body, soul connection. So as a parent, if you can help them recognize what's happening and then say to them, if you, if they're having physical symptoms and the doctors can't find anything wrong with them. A lot of times primary care providers are not going to recognize that it's anxiety. It's going to be, well, we can't find anything wrong with them. And so they're, you're left to your own vices, right? And so it's really discovering like, okay, if this is the case, I'm going to have my child see a therapist because at least that conversation can open doors. And the other thing I'm going to say, and I know we live in such a, a, a world of chaos right now, and so many people are all about holistic. I'm all about holistic as well. However, oftentimes with anxiety, it does take medication and therapy in combination for a minimum of six months in order for the therapist or the psychiatrist to really make headway with a patient because of the way that our brain works. And I like to use the example of a Ferris wheel. When you think of a Ferris wheel and you know how it, it goes really fast and that's the fun part, but it's, it goes slow and it lets people on and it lets people off and then it'll speed up again. With our brain, those negative thoughts, those anxious thoughts come into our brain and it just keeps going faster, 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 faster. And it doesn't stop to let the negative thoughts off or out and positive thoughts in. And so if you think about that, if your child or you are experiencing anxiety, you have to get to the point where you can stop, stop, just stop, (laughs) do a check and then let those negative thoughts have a chance to escape. So I, did I answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. And there's so much I want to highlight that you just said, Robin, the first thing that I want to make sure you guys really captured what were the steps. So once you recognize something is bigger than worry or nervousness, really starting to look like anxiety, Robin's steps that she gave were one stop two think, why am I actually going through this? Three was recognize. So really looking for what interaction did you have or what's coming up? Then it was this identify those triggers, right? What am I afraid of when it comes to the networking event, whatnot? And then that last thing was taking action. So I just really wanted to highlight, make sure you guys had those steps. And then she talked about the game plan for networking. And I think it's so interesting that you mentioned this because I'm so proud of myself right now, Robin, because I was having bad travel anxiety, really bad for a few years. And anytime we'd have a trip or have to go somewhere, I mean, I would try to cancel months. I'd be like, I have to get out. Like, it was like, I almost what I would have panic and that stomach ache and everything would come up. And I'd be like trying to cancel our trips, trying to cancel, get refunds on flights. And like, I can't leave my kids. And I don't like, I would panic. And so one day I sat down and said, what am I so afraid of? <clears throat> and I realized that I was afraid of just being out that I wasn't in control of the travel experience. And so I started to a month beforehand, I made a big itinerary. I knew where we were going every hour, half hour, I had links to everything. The kids, I had a schedule built for them. I knew who was doing what with that. And like that 
really helped alleviate. And after a few times of doing that, I knew that that was an integral piece of my travel plan was having this game plan to be successful when I traveled and it helped me so much. And so I love that you brought that up. And then the other two things you mentioned were get a teammate, someone to help you. Cause you really can't battle anxiety alone. A hundred percent agree with you. And then lastly was getting help, right? Is it that therapist, mm-hmm. that pastor, all of the above, if you need medicine so that you can take a minute permission, right. For all of those things, there's mm-hmm. no right or wrong way to battle this. So I love all of that gold. And I just wanted to highlight it. So <clears throat> I want to move into your, your, um, five C's, right? You have five mm-hmm. specific mm-hmm. C's. I want you to talk to the audience a little bit about that. And then we'll tell them where, where they can go grab that and your book, because I know that your resources are just going to help not only the people who have kids and they're thinking, oh my gosh, maybe my kiddo does have some of these symptoms of anxiety. And I'd love to walk through this process and like go through Robin's plan, but also yourself as a mom, as a faith-led entrepreneur, like it's hard. And I know anxiety will creep up for me. It's been a lifelong battle for me too. And there's been lots of reasons that it's come up. It sometimes, you know, for a while it was alcohol-based. And so once I quit drinking, that anxiety went away and then it was travel for a while. And then there's those, the fear-based anxiety too, like that comes with public speaking or any of those pieces. And so I know if you suffer from this, it is people hear it and they're like, Oh, they're in anxiety. Like they must be nervous. That's cute. I'm like, Oh my gosh, it is one of the most debilitating, most awful things mm-hmm. that you can possibly go through. And I just don't want that for anybody. So tell us a little bit about right. these resources. Yeah. And you know, it's funny you say that stuff because it, the word anxiety is being tossed around like cookies nowadays. And it's people don't understand that that does more damage than good because if it's not truly clinical anxiety, then you're downplaying what someone else is experiencing and going through. So it is important to know like the difference between those three nervousness, worry, and and anxiety. But so when we talk about how to manage anxiety, and I try not to use the term overcome because the reality is if you have a clinical diagnosis of anxiety, it's going to come up periodically. Like it's a lifelong journey. So, but some of the things that you can do is we'll talk about my five C's and I'll walk you through that journaling process, but I just want to give other, um, things that people can focus on as well. Um, movement is medicine for the mind. So if you are experiencing anxiety or your child is, if you can move, walk around the block, do something to give yourself some motion to clear the mind. Um, gratitude is huge. Just looking at everything that is going on in your life that is positive, taking those negative things and turning them into a positive because there's something always to be grateful for. I, I joke that at the end of the day, I started my journaling practice by doing a gratitude journal. And I would write down three things every day at the end of the day that I was grateful for. And you know, when you're so, so tired and you can't think of what I don't even know what happened today. What could I even write about? You know what? I've got an ink pen I'm writing with, or I had a sharpened pencil. Like there is always something to be grateful for. And so looking at the positives can help transition your mind and your thought process and help you um, navigate all that negativity bias that we're so inundated with. Prayer is huge. You know, faith is huge. Um, we can do anything through God who gives us strength, right? Philippians 4, 13, that's something that you can always tap into identifying scripture, scripture verses that you can use as affirmations or other affirmations. If you'd like 
journaling is key. Journaling is like meditating. Meditating works for some people. It doesn't really work for me, but we know that journaling is like meditation in terms of rerouting those neural pathways in our brain. So it is important to do if you can sit and journal. It can clear your mind in so many ways. So let's talk about the five C's. The five C's are catch, challenge, change, control, and confident. So when you're experiencing this influx of negative thoughts or these physical signs and symptoms, and you're recognizing the trigger, look at those thoughts that are coming in, catch them, then challenge them. Are they rational? Could the, could these thoughts I'm thinking be proven in a court of law? Would my best friend who loves and respects me be thinking the same thing about me that I'm thinking about me? Would my coach think these things about me or say these things about me? Really challenge those thoughts to make sure that you're on the right track with your thinking. And if you are not on the right track with your thinking, address those thoughts and change them. The key with journaling here is if you write down those negative thoughts and then you rewrite that thought into a positive, your brain is going to see that, okay, and you can write down why these are not rational. Why, you know, like, for example, your, you know, the vacations and all of that anxiety. Like if you wrote down, well, the plane's going to crash, Google, what is the likelihood that a plane is going to crash? You can flip that into the positive. You can say, well, what if the kids can't find something? Well, so-and-so could come into the house and find it for them and everything would be just perfect. You know, whatever the case may be, but change those thoughts. This is going to sound easy. It's not because it takes practice to even catch those thoughts in the first place. But once you start to do this and you develop this practice on a daily basis or a regular basis, you're going to have more control over those thoughts. The more control you have over your thoughts, the more confidence you're going to have. And then the more likely you're going to be to be able to live that joyful, purposeful life that you've been striving to live all along and the anxiety has held you back from gosh, that's so powerful. I love those C's so much. And I love the question, like, is it rational? Would this hold up in a court of law? It's <laughs> like my favorite one, Robin. I'm like, I know uh, it's no. kind of silly. It's, it's kind of silly. But when you think about it, it's like, you know, when you're thinking about, we can just talk about entrepreneurs for a second, you know, right. and this is, you know, some of my coaching clients is, well, who's going to hire me? Somebody else is already doing what I'm doing. Sure. Can you prove that nobody's going to hire you? No, you can't. Oh, that's good. The fact of the matter is, right? God has a calling on your heart, which means he's going to equip you. He's going yeah. to guide you. So, you know, you you can always come up with something. And it doesn't matter if you are if you are ill, a family member is struggling, um, it's your child struggling, it's you struggling. It doesn't matter what that is. There is always, always, always going to be a support system for you through Jesus and the Holy spirit, you've always got prayer to fall back on. And there's going to always be something to be grateful for. So as those anxiety levels increase while you're going through whatever it is that you're going through, you have now a tool that you can sit down and take 15 minutes and just brain dump, get it, all of that negative stuff out of your head and transfer it over into the positive. Those what ifs have to be squashed. Yeah. Wow. Robin, I wrote down so many notes. There were so many tactical things that you blessed us with today that we can use, that we can use to armor our kids. That we can use to help our family members with. And I just thank you for being so giving 
with all of this today and blessing us. Where can everybody go grab your five C's where they can go read your book, your amazing new book and connect with you? The easiest way to access anything related to the book is um, at the book's website, which is the same as my website, but www.youmeandanxiety.com. And on that website page, you will see the option to download a free ebook called Alleviate, How to Alleviate Anxiety by Developing Healthy Habits for a Healthy Mind. So it goes over a lot of the stuff that we talked about, but it also has like a sampling um, journaling page where you can start practicing those five C's. Amazing. Robin, thank you so much. We had so much fun. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Steph. Did you have fun or learn something? Leave mama a review. Pretty please. I hope you loved today's episode, friend. I pray it stretched you, challenged you, or grew you in some way and that it's helping you. If so, would you stop right now and share this episode with someone else that has been praying for a breakthrough? I also would love it if you could take 30 seconds for me and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This is the only way that I know you're actually liking the show. Plus, it lights me up to hear from you. Lastly, come on over to our free community, stephgascommunity.com and head to stephaniegas.com to grab your free gifts. I have free workshops over there and everything you need to know about working with me, taking my courses or connecting. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, Romans 15, 13. I'll see you in a few days. God bless.